So thanks for joining me on today's episode of the Vinyl Detroit podcast. Uh, I had very special guests, Giovanna and Christian of Clinic Stars, who joined me today uh, for this episode. We recorded this earlier in the, um, I think it was either the spring or maybe early summer. And uh, it was prior to them playing any shows uh, or anything like that. And and frankly, I did I did have the, the, the opportunity to, to attend uh, their first live performance here in, I think it was in Oak Park, maybe at Berkeley Coffee, I believe it was called. And I'm not making this up. I was blown away. I, I think uh, the musicianship translated so well live. I mean, their band is really, really good. And um, the songs were tight. The performance was good. They, actually, the room, the, you know, the sound was really good. So uh, it was really easy to appreciate it. I mean, it translated really, really well live. So I have a lot of kind of high hopes for these guys. I think they're doing it the right way. They're doing it on their own terms. And so they were very gracious to sit down and talk to me about this EP. A lot of the things that inspire them, uh, a little bit about how Detroit has had maybe some influence on their sound and maybe what they're working on uh, kind of moving forward. I know there's a little bit of buzz right now about them. And um, I, I think I think you're going to be hearing more about Clinic Stars in the coming years. I'm pretty confident about that. So go ahead, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Giovanna and Christian of Clinic Stars.
Past EP by Clinic Stars. I'm super excited to have them join me today. We're going to chat about that EP and a whole bunch more. Uh, with that, I'm going to welcome Giovanna and Christian to the show. Hey, guys. Hi, Brian. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you guys here today. You know, I was I, I reached out to you guys about the CP. Uh, we have, you know, a mutual friend, let's just say, and, uh, you know, they, they told me that uh, that I had to hear it. And, and I'll be honest, I mean, as soon as I heard it, uh, I was brought back to those early days of, you know, Slow Dive, My Bloody Valentine, um, a lot of really good music, but a lot of it seemed to me when I was listening was um, kind of representative of that early to mid-90s, which, you know, I love, frankly. And um, I'm just really happy to talk to you guys about it today. And I guess let's get started. I mean, I really want to really want to kind of hear from you guys how you met. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we had a mutual friend uh, probably about six or seven years ago and a few mutual acquaintances as well. Um, I was living in Chicago and Christian was coming to the city pretty often to hang out with his friends. Um, so at that time, we didn't actually meet in person. Um, I knew of him, though. So uh, several years later, I found his music online and I sent him a message saying, hey, I like your music. Um, we started talking and we realized that we had a lot in common uh, in terms of our musical interests specifically our mutual obsession with uh, old 4AD bands. So <laughs> after that, we just started sending each other songs. And um, I was still living in Illinois at the time. So um, I think it was like a month later, I came out to Michigan to meet him in person. And I never left. <laughs> <laughs> So I mentioned early on that, you know, this, this EP and your music, um, at least to me, has a, a strong, um, you know, slow dive, uh, My Bloody Valentine. I, I hear a lot of early 90s. Um, were there any influences that you'd like to share maybe from your youth that, that you feel um, maybe have, have permeated and had an influence on you and on Clinic Stars? I would say it probably started with uh, Cocktail Twins for us. I mean, yeah. we both love the cocktail twins um mm-hmm. let's see what else is that? i mean pretty much every band on 4d we've we've yeah. uh, been kind of obsessed with <laughs> yeah i can hear that in the music for sure i mean i i've been a big 4ad fan since you know probably the late 80s like the very late 80s early 90s and there's definitely elements of i think you know cocktail twins um maybe even like um, Swallow, I mean, a little bit more of an obscure uh, 4AD band, but I, I could hear that influence as well. And, I, and I'm sure there's others. I mean, the label was so prolific, particularly during that time. But um, even before, I mean, during that Cocteau Twins era, I mean, the things they were doing were just really not being done by anybody else. So, yeah, I can, I can definitely hear that. Um, you know, I like to kind of change gears a little bit here. I like to talk a little bit about the name. Um, it's a unique name. It's not a name that I've seen used, um, you know, in kind of common language or anything like that. Um, would you guys kind of just mind sharing with me where the, what the origins of, of the name Clinic Stars is? Sure, yeah, I'll talk about it. Um, 
So I actually came up with the name. It's uh, it's kind of cryptic in meaning, but at the same time, um, when we first started recording music together, I was coming out of pretty depressing time in my life. Um, so it's kind of like the meaning is a clinic star would be someone who is pretty well known at the mental health clinic. Who's a so someone who frequents the mental health clinic basically. But there's there's also multiple um, other meanings too, but that's probably the most uh, obvious. Yeah, the most obvious one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a very creative um creative band name, you know, I I I get it um because of um the meaning that it has to you and and I'll be honest, I think it fits the music also. It's not like it's you know, an experience that maybe one of you or someone you know have had in your life and um, and, and then kind of applied it. I mean, it's really something that I think supports the sound um, very, very well. So um, I would have never guessed that. So I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you were gracious enough to share that. Um, Christian, obviously, you're from Detroit, uh, at least the Detroit area. And, you know, I'd like to know um, if, if you could maybe you could articulate if 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 anything, um, the influence that Detroit and particularly the the dream pop scene, uh, the shoegaze scene, is there anything that inspired you just from being from this area? So originally when we first started recording and we were gravitating towards this sound, I wasn't really thinking about bands that were from here, really. I, I think... Uh, mostly because, you know, what we said about being obsessed with the 4ADX, like, we were really just inspired by British bands and just bands from the UK in general. And, um, I mean, obviously there's there's all kinds of amazing acts from here. Um, I would say probably the most notable for me is Love's Lives Crushing. They're, uh, I mean, I think one of the first times we ever hung out, we listened to... Mm-hmm. a couple of their songs mm-hmm. sitting on my floor we turned the speakers up pretty loud and listened to them <laughs> um but yeah i would say at least living here i think maybe the surroundings are a little bit more inspiring just because i usually have you know my own british obsessions with music um so i think like you know there's a lot of old here and a lot of new it's like a perfect mix of like old and new buildings and scenery and I think that is more of an inspiration for me living in Detroit um yeah that that doesn't entirely surprise me you know the the music that (laughs) that this area is known for is obviously much more uh harder more in your face um maybe a little bit more garage based uh, we've had obviously Motown and, and we've had things throughout the 70s into the 80s. But that's really, I guess, the scene uh, that Detroit is really known for. So I would agree that, you know, what you guys are doing is is definitely different um, and something that you wouldn't really run into in this area too much, which I think is why that which we're going to talk about a little bit later, but why that that southeast of Saturn compilation Third Man did uh, it was so important, at least to me, it was. Uh, because it, it, it chronicled a time that I think time kind of forgot about, a scene that that time forgot about. Not the music, of course, but that that scene was so vibrant and the importance of Zoot's Coffee and, and really all the things that were going on during that time I was I was a part of and I remember. And, and when that comp was put together, I just felt like it captured all of that. And, you know, I could kind of see you guys 
um, you know, your music being part of, of that had it been recorded maybe, uh, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not the most, uh, ideal landscape for me. And I mean, obviously we're trying to make pretty ethereal sounding music, so <laughs> it doesn't really like, it's kind of, that, yeah, it doesn't yeah. directly reflect the environment, but it's definitely inspiring to me. I'd like to switch gears again and talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of the other projects you guys have worked on. My understanding is that, uh, you know, this isn't this isn't your first project, either, you know, solo or with others. Uh, would you mind just taking a minute, maybe sharing a little bit about them, maybe a little bit about how they came about, what you were doing? Just want to know more about that. Sure. Do you want to go first? Um, I can go first. Yeah. So... I was making ambient music um, under the name Phoebe, um, probably around, I started in 2015, 2016. Um, I got super into field recording. So um, when I was living in Chicago, I would, I got myself a little, um, like a handheld Sony recorder. Um, and I would just bike along the lake shore and stop and just collect sounds um and voice recordings so i was just really inspired by um the lake and and uh the scenery there um places like belmont harbor and montrose beach um so i eventually kind of just compiled that and um i would record myself playing piano and I just used GarageBand, so it was really basic. I didn't really know anything about producing music at all. So um, it was it was a pretty casual project. I It was just SoundCloud music, you know? So, um, but it was meaningful to me, and I think it definitely got the ball rolling for me in terms of my desire to make music. That's really cool, you know, that, that you were doing those types of recordings. I would love to hear those. I wonder if they'll ever make an appearance on a Clinic Stars song, maybe some field recordings and whatnot. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, that's really neat. What about you, Christian? Are there, is there anything that maybe you've done uh, that you could maybe share with us as far as previous uh, projects uh, prior to Clinic Stars? So I I started recording music at home when I was – a teenager, um, I would I would just record with my brother. My brother plays guitar as well, so we we would make these little demos together <laughs> on our family computer, and it was kind of like the guitar sounded very uh, Daruti Column-ish, I would say it was kind of like Daruti Column mixed with uh, New Order or something. Just uh, really primitive at the same time, though. We would only recorded like three tracks but it we thought it sounded pretty good and then uh when I got older I had a few solo projects I got a Tascam 8-track and I was probably 18 and I just recorded hours and hours and hours of, of music on that so yeah and then um, my most recent project was about 2018 i think this is the the project giovanna knows me from but mm -hmm. it's it was called helium fm and yeah that music is still available on spotify <laughs> if, if anyone's interested it's uh 
it's a little bit different than clinic stars, but it's out there. That's cool. You know, a lot of us got our starts at home, you know, on our parents' computer, yeah. uh, you know, making <laughs> making sounds. And then, you know, they start to take on shapes and then they start to become influenced by the things we're listening to. And then the thing starts to take off. So that's really cool. Um, maybe just if you could, maybe just just take a quick second. I'd love to hear more about this project, Helium. Um, was there anything that was maybe inspiring that particular project, uh, ex- you know, specifically? I would say I was more inspired by like slowcore at that time. I was I was really just trying to make slowcore music. Um, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, uh, it's just different. I've always been a big fan of slowcore. I mean, I I always think it's kind of a weird name, but um, I guess so is you know shoegaze and probably most of the other names that are out there. Um, but you know, kind of I guess kind of focusing on the April. Um, April's past EP that we're talking about today. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I do hear, you know, some slow dive, My Bloody Valentine, which are, of course are my, two of my favorites. Um, and I can tell there, there are influences here. Um, are there any other inspirations to the sound that maybe you'd like to share? I feel like there may be more. Yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously slow dive and MBV are like huge to us. Um, I, I would say I'm pretty influenced by the start stop kind of shoegaze acts or not even shoegaze but like do you know what i'm talking about it's like the the dynamics of like really fast to really slow or really loud to really soft bands like pale saints um pixies even were teetering on that style um or even like mccarthy they did that a little bit too um yeah i really i just really like that that kind of uh, loud, soft dynamic, you know, it's like back and forth between the two. And that's kind of something I was obsessing over when we were recording this. It's not really all over the place, maybe, but at least on the first track it is. Um, I would say with the stops and stuff in between the songs and the, the pauses, it's kind of there, but that's a, that's a big inspiration for me. And also, you know, we did a cover of the Karen Beth song, so... 60s folk is like 60s 70s folk is like a pretty big influence to us as well um and what about you giovanna like are there any specific influences maybe on on the vocal uh delivery or maybe lyrically for you um yeah i think honestly i i just have to say cocktail twins is probably they're like my biggest inspiration over the years i think Um, any artist that can sort of create that feeling of like exaltation um, I I think like in some of the songs I tried to sort of capture that feeling as well Um, yeah I would say that's probably not that surprising to me Uh, you know the cocktail obviously cocktail twins uh, you know I, I, I hear that in in I guess in the vocals to some degree maybe not as um, I guess over the top as you know Liz Frazier does it but uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, really, when you think about the genre that you guys really kind of kind of play in, at least are playing in on this EP, uh, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that shoegaze, you know, I think, I bet if you asked a lot of those artists, you know, their their influences, you know, maybe during the 80s or what have you, Cocteau Twins would probably be on most everybody's list. Just, it seems like a, a, natural, a natural pathway, I guess we'll say, from that music to maybe what they were doing at that time. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
yeah, you both seem like students of the past, you know, things that came, you know, either before you were born or, or around the time you were born. And um, I think that's actually, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so we're both 25. So I would say most most of this music definitely did come out before we were born. Mm-hmm. At least the stuff that's like, you know, really inspiring to us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's I guess we, we both have an obsession with things of the past. So we're really just trying to capture the same feeling as listening to an older record. You know, earlier on, I mentioned that uh, that compilation Southeast of Saturn done by Third Man a few years ago. And I just I think it's so good. And, you know, I've spoken to a few of the artists on the compilation, uh, you know, that because I was actually, you know, living through that scene at the time. And you know, I'm thinking back, that was just a really long time ago. And I, I just I guess I wanted to know maybe from you two what draws, uh, you know, two musicians such as yourselves, um, who's parents probably would have loved that scene Um, what what really caused you to create music in that vein I think yeah I think it's honestly the the tension that's created in a lot of this music to me is very captivating and I feel like that's kind of what has drawn me to um, the genre is just like it's like this feeling of fullness and um, I don't know, I, I just think that like contrast between like hard and soft, um, it's just that tension to me is um, impressive. You know, I was kind of talking about some of the bands that, that I've seen live and, and, you know, in terms of the, the genre that I think you guys kind of touch. And um, my all time favorite, I mean, aside from the Verve show, which frankly, I think we got there kind of late. We missed a lot of it, but was um, seeing My Bloody Valentine in 1992 on the Loveless tour. Um, I actually, I have in my right ear uh, a little bit of hearing loss. And, (laughs) you know, I I just, I still, I still tell stories. It was the House of Love. Was it the House of Love? My Bloody Valentine, the House of Love, Catherine Wheel, or... Uh, Yola Tango. There was some combination oh, of all those in there. Maybe Buffalo Tom. These might have been two different shows, but it was, if you look it up, that show in particular and that tour was, I think, one of the loudest like ever recorded. And I remember <laughs> I went I went with Mar. I think Mario was there. Yeah, he was, and our friend Jason. And I remember like looking around and Kevin Shields was in, I, I think it's, um, What's that one song? Uh, realize you realize I can't remember. You made me realize. You made me realize, and and he goes on for like ten minutes, and I remember like it's sounding, and I'm not kidding you, I'm not making this up. It sounded like a helicopter. It was, like, <laughs> it was just like this sound, and I'll never forget it. And I remember looking around, and everybody who looked really happy in the beginning was looking like like confused, like. They didn't know what to do. I remember seeing this girl, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. I was like, it was like probably 30 years ago. And she had her hands over her ears, and she was like, she was like saying something, and she was like going towards the door with like this pained look in her eye. It was wild. Wow. <laughs> so it was <laughs> really fun. Wow. Yeah. And another thing, I guess, just to kind of share my, my love of shoegaze with you guys. Um, 
when I was in my first two years in college and I had like these writing classes and I, it was like 92, 93. So the height of all this stuff. And I kept having to write these papers and I kept writing papers about like shoegaze music and the genre. And the, the professor was probably in his late fifties at the time. And I remember he was, he'd grade them and he'd give them back. Well, then finally he, he graded one and he gave me like a really bad grade on it. So I went up and I'm like, what was wrong with this? He's like, you need to write about something else. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why should I? I'm like, that was what I was into or whatever. So yeah, I was really into that as well. So, um, yeah. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and listen to another track from the April's past DP by clinic stars. Um, another really, really good one. And again, you can get this, um, you can download it. Um, make sure you pay for it a little bit on Bandcamp. And I also saw you can get a cassette uh, of it, which, um, we'll save my feelings on cassettes for another interview. Um, but either way, go there and get it. I, you can probably also stream it, I'm guessing, on the Apple Musics and the Spotify's of the world. But I think you'll be surprised by this. Um, really, really well done. I mean, just recording, which we're going to get to here in a second, um, is really, really good. The vocals, spot on. Um, and so we're going to hear a song called Keep off the EP. Um, anything about the recording of Keep or the composing that maybe you remember that would be uh, kind of interesting for the listeners to hear? Yeah, so um, on this song, my brother Alex um, played sitar. Oh, nice. So he's featured on this one. I, I think I, did I see a picture of that somewhere? Yeah, that's on our Instagram. Uh, okay. We I took that picture when he came to visit us. He still lives in Illinois, so he was in town for a weekend and we ended up recording the song and like i guess how does how does that come about i mean does like does one pack their sitar in their car and bring it to detroit <laughs> yeah do, how's that work that's exactly what he did <laughs> it's funny because he has a case that's like it looks like a like a normal guitar case but it's oblong. <laughs> yeah wow we need to get him on here at some point because i'd love to hear about playing that thing Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, wish, I wish he was here. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty neat. So, uh, awesome story. We're going to go ahead and listen to Keep from the April's Past EP by Clinic Stars.
So, uh, you know, I always like to ask the artist about the artwork. And, you know, we had talked earlier on about, um, you know, the influence of 4AD. And, and for those who are not familiar with 4AD and who have been living comfortably under a rock for probably 40 <laughs> years, um, the, the music on 4AD uh, is, I mean, some of it is some of the best and most influential out there. Um, some of it, not so much, but um, the consistency dur during their, their real heyday and when I think when they were doing their best releases, um, the artwork was done by the in-house design firm, uh, 23 Envelope, then it became V23, uh, headed by Vaughn Oliver, Chris Big. Uh, I mean, just, it, it really is museum quality artwork, if you ask me. And, um, you know, I, I, I saw I saw your cover and I wanted to ask you about it. Kind of what was the inspiration behind it? I know you worked with uh, at least one other artist and putting it together. But uh, if you could maybe share a little bit about what I'm looking at and kind of like, I guess, how it really reflects the music. Sure. Yeah. So um, it's actually a found image. Um, I have a folder that's full of clippings from books and magazines and um, it took us a while to kind of figure out what we wanted for this. And I was looking through it and I found something that caught my eye. So we just kind of started messing around with it, um, the color. And um, I think we kind of wanted something that was a little ambiguous, mm -hmm. um, sort of abstract, but still you can still make out some shapes and objects. Um, so we had our friend Tanner make the text as well. Yeah, so my friend Tanner Jackson, I'm just giving him a little shout out. He <laughs> he helped us with the text. We had a kind of a hard time deciding what style text to uh, to add to the image, but and it also took us probably I don't know 50 attempts, yeah. if not <laughs> if not more, 100 attempts yeah. to to finally settle on an image. But so. Um... I, I see like do I see like a flower maybe? Yeah, there's yeah, definitely a flower it, in there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it right now and and I'm I'm not sure what all I see here, but I, I think it's really well done. I guess kind of to your point on the text. I mean, you know, I, I'm hoping you guys have more releases, and I'm going to ask about that at the end. But um, that is that's an important piece because, as you know, I mean, a lot of that carries forward through future releases and. You know, you don't want to look back on something and just kind of be like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe we chose that. So sure. um, I really like it. I mean, I think it was really, really well done. Again, it seems like the theme with you guys, and I don't know if it's maybe because you're just you're really big fans of music and you seem to like be pretty studied on it. But that everything is like really, I mean, I don't know, for lack of a better term, buttoned up for a like an independent release. <laughs> well, that's a Thank compliment you. as well. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we were striving for. Um, obviously if you have a record label, they'll kind of help you fine tune a lot of those things, but since it's just us, we kind of have to take on the responsibility of that yeah. ourselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, obviously we are pretty big fans of, of 23 Envelope and all their artwork is just amazing. Von Oliver is an amazing artist, mm -hmm. rest in peace. Um, right. but yeah, so we, I mean, we would spend hours just looking at different album covers and mm -hmm. kind of comparing things we liked and things we didn't like and mm -hmm. what we wanted to do. And 
same with the first ep that we recorded as well i mean we spent a lot of time on that one as well yeah i i i mean we could we could just and if you listen to some of my old episodes i mean we i got into it with i think uh matthew jacobson you know the guy behind the grand magisteri mm-hmm. and um i think we got into it with i know it was somebody else also but we we really debated and discussed the kind of the role of the record label in today's world mm-hmm. i mean you know you can as you know i mean you guys can do the whole thing from you know from tracking through distribution probably all on your own um and so then i mean really that was the role of the record label back many years ago was that you know you were the artist and they would nurture you and you would frankly you know pledge your lifetime savings to them and lifetime earnings for that opportunity and and that that model just really isn't the only model anymore um but I don't know. I guess with all this talk of 4AD, and I know you mentioned a couple factory um, artists together, and I still think though that there's there's a place for a label. It's just different now. Um, you know, it used to be before the internet, which you guys are 25, <laughs> but it was it was hard to like it was hard to find information about about acts, and, mm-hmm. and so what would happen was you know your friend or you'd read an NME or Alternative Press or whatever you're reading at the time about let's just say you say you were like 18 and you're like wow i you know i, I read about the breeders and i really want to know more about them so you would then find out that you know kim deal was in the pixies and tanya mm-hmm. donnelly was in belly and dory muses and and that's kind of how you learned about it. then you'd be like oh my gosh all these people are on the same record label <laughs> and, and so it, it played that role i don't i don't know that that's really that that's really necessary anymore yeah, it's, I mean, it's a different world now because yeah. of the internet, you know, it's like, I don't know, everything is, I mean, I don't want to discredit anyone, but it's just, it's just a different world, you know, I feel like things aren't as thought through as they were before. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say it because I'm 48 and I really don't care. So <laughs> what it is, it's almost, it's almost like too easy. So, yeah. you know, and this is my opinion, I'm not speaking for you guys, but I mean, it, it, you can you can put out whatever you schlep together and, you know, so so the, the difference between, I think, that era and now was that during that era, I mean, you really had to like, I don't know, you kind of had to work to get it. Um, now you have to like work to find it. So yeah. if you're if you follow along, I mean, there's just there's so much more there. But so you got to do some work to say, oh, yeah, like like you guys. I mean, honestly, it would I I'm very I feel fortunate that I was able to, to kind of come across this because it, it, it wouldn't have been as easy. It wasn't as easy now as maybe it would have been back 20 years ago. And had you guys had some label uh, affiliation, I, I, I probably would have found you. I don't know. It's just it's different. I, I guess I can't really put it all in the words. No, I know what you mean, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's a different time. So speaking of that, you know, it, it is a very different time. And I kind of mentioned early on and I had wrote uh, Giovanna a little bit about like, can you guys share something about you guys with me? Because I can't find anything. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I consider myself a pretty resourceful person. I mean, I dig pretty hard and everything. But um, and, and usually, you, you know, you, you either find it through the traditional, you know, the Facebooks, Bandcamps, Instagrams. And I noticed that you guys have a pretty light footprint. And I was just wondering if that was, you know, 
A, by design, B, we're too lazy, C, we don't care. Um, like, is there, is there a reason why there's just not a lot out there? Or I just was curious because really, I mean, to kind of to your point earlier, I mean, you can you can look anything up and like you look up any obscure artist and you can find all their music, all their pictures, pictures of their friends, them at the bar, whatever. You guys, it just it seems more thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, it is intentional. Yeah, it's definitely by design. I mean, it's it's almost harder for us to not participate in sharing our lives. Like, I mean, obviously it's easier to not post, but it's I mean, it's just not really normal, I would say. Yeah. yeah. But Yeah. I I think I don't know. It's participating that has been something that is like almost an obligation for us like we don't necessarily want to share everything but we feel that we need to to get out there in one way or another um so that's been a little bit tricky but um yeah I think there's something to be said about like leaving something to be desired you know and I, yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and, and particularly with, you know, the, the music that you make, I think, you know, I think it's and, and similar to like, I mean, we'll go back to the Cocteau twins again. There was always like a mystery about, you know, the, the, obviously the, the lyrical content of, of what <laughs> she was singing and mm-hmm. just like, I mean, and I think back, I was probably, uh, I don't know, 10 years old when they were recording. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I didn't know about them then, but when I knew about them, maybe five years later, I would look back and I was like, oh, look at those, like, look at those haircuts and like how mysterious they're from UK, and, <laughs> you know, and there was, and part of that played into, and, and, and not that it's totally intentional here, but I think it works with, with the, the music you create, at least in my opinion, I don't know. That's good to hear. Yeah, I would say that's uh, that's reassuring. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, Yeah, because think about it this way. I mean, if you guys had like a bunch of pictures of you like at the movies or at like Starbucks, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I guess a little bit of the mystery is maybe gone. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. no, I agree. I agree. Um, I wanted to talk a lot uh, and kind of get into the recording process. So, you know, um. I, I've actually, as you guys, as I kind of mentioned, I mean, I, I played a little bit with the shoestrings, uh, you know, folks, and, and obviously we're, we're best friends and everything, but um, a lot of that was, well, no, all of it was recorded at home. I, I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, I was very impressed with the, the sound quality, the fidelity, the mixing, I mean, the mastering, everything's like really, really good that you guys have done. So I was just kind of curious to find out a little bit more about um, kind of the setup you use, any sort of like little tricks you use. Or anything that really like the listeners of this who will go and listen to this EP will find interesting. Okay, so we actually use Tascam uh, multi-track machines for both of the EPs, mm-hmm. um, and like cassette. No, not oh, okay. we use digital. Okay, good. <laughs> we we do have a few cassette recorders, but. Um, so yeah, we started just using my, I had a 24 track recorder and we would just rec- sit on my floor and record mm-hmm. um, guitar and keyboard and vocals and stuff. But so we've kind of upgraded a little bit since, since the project began, but I think now we have, 
an abundant supply of uh, <laughs> of gear. We have, you know, all kinds of compressors and preamps and effects pedals and processors. But so you know, I, I I'm I'm personally fascinated by the process. Um, you know, when I spoke to Dusty from Rocket Ship, I'm not sure if mm-hmm. you're familiar with them, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, his his whole approach was like doing it old school and and that and so i always thought that was really neat and a lot of it i didn't realize you know again he did it like in the garage of like his house in california i mean looking back on that recording i would have never ever guessed that um i mean are you guys into more like kind of current equipment or do you have like you know a real interest in in vintage things i mean kind of what's what's behind the curtain here yeah, I would say we, we definitely lean towards the vintage side of things. Yeah. Um, as far as like the actual recording of stuff, we're, I mean, now we're using a computer. So yeah. that is, is modern, but all the other gears is pretty old, mm-hmm. I would say. Like it, all of our effects processors and stuff. Yeah. Definitely from Keyboards the era that we, <laughs> that we appreciate the most. Yeah. So. You know, I think like, hmm, I think you know, if you have an interest in, in that kind of stuff, you have to be, I think, committed to like the craft. So in other words, a lot of that stuff, as you know, because you've got kind of a mix, it doesn't make it any easier. No, <laughs> no. no. if anything, it makes it harder. Yeah. Like infinitely harder. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I, I, I take my hat off to you guys. I don't know. Are you, are you guys familiar with the Walkman by chance? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so like that was really their thing was the whole like we're doing it all with like vintage instruments and we're going to record it like live and we're going to do all this different stuff. And I think I think it sets them apart. And and on your stuff, you know, because of the I think the style of music, it's a little bit more there's a little bit more of a curtain like you really can't tell. Is it is it current equipment? Is it vintage equipment? But I have this feeling that there was when you mentioned sitar too like, <laughs> there's got to be some vintage story in the equipment side That's yeah cool. i would say um yeah we're uh, <laughs> it, it's interesting that if you use equipment from a certain era it kind of makes your music sound like it's from that yeah. era <laughs> for sure and, and i don't know if our music really sounds like it's from the early 90s but mm-hmm. i i kind of want to give the listener um a little bit confusion as to what era it's actually from you know <laughs> well you you achieved it i think and okay, that's good. I, i'm being completely honest so you know it's and it, and, I, and i and i mean it as a compliment i mean it, it's to, to think that it was recorded like now it sounds like it would have come from back then like some undiscovered like <laughs> shoegaze 4ad influenced band that like everybody missed you know (laughs) um did you are you guys familiar with this um boy i think third man did a release i think it was last year called magic roundabout no 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 okay i don't think i've heard it so you, you you should probably go like just stream it or whatever i don't know how you get your stuff you know you're you guys are into vintage stuff so you'll have to go get the record but um <laughs> they it's it was i guess it was like this band in in uk like late 80s and they were like the most famous band that nobody heard of and and so i i was like wow now we're talking and then 
some of the press stuff had like quotes from Ian Masters. I think he's the one that brought it to Third Man. Really? And I was like, what is this? It's very like, um, okay, here we go. We're going to go maybe a little bit of Jesus and Mary Chain. Well, no, a lot of Jesus and Mary Chain. Um, a little bit of like, which came later, of course, but like the black tambourine kind of sound, just okay. really just, just raucous guitars, uh, female vocals, not a lot of song structure. Um, but that was kind of like, I'm like, how did everybody miss this? Like they, they actually opened for pale saints. I mean, wow. they were, and I want to say like maybe primal scream or something like that. But I mean, you're talking about like real, I mean, real acts that of artists that are still around today, but nobody heard of magic roundabout. We'll definitely have to check that out. That's yeah. yeah. So maybe cool. you guys are the magic roundabout of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to go ahead and hear another song off the uh, April's past DP. Uh, Giovanna Christian, so far I love this. Hopefully you're having fun talking about um, this EP and, and kind of sharing your experiences. We're going to hear uh, April's reprise or reprise, depending what country you're from. Um, anything like uh, anecdotal about that song that maybe the listeners would find interesting? Um, I think uh, we actually almost, well, maybe not almost, but we nearly scrapped this song. Um Ooh when we first started recording it, I think Christian, he had laid down the guitar track and I really loved it. So I started writing um, the vocals for it and I was like crying because it was just so like moving to me. And I, I had Christian listen to it and he, he was not really impressed by it, I think because <laughs> I had been crying, so it didn't sound very good. <laughs> um, so we sort of just, put that aside and then eventually came back to it and realized, Oh, this is actually, this could be good. So is the version that we hear post crying or did you re-record the vocals? I definitely re-recorded them. Oh, <laughs> man, no. no crying on this one. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, okay. So we're going to go ahead and listen to April's reprise and I'm going to ask anybody listening at this point not to cry. Um, it actually is a really, really, really nice track. So let's go ahead and listen to April's Reprise.
No, I, I like that a lot. I I listen to the CP like straight through. So, and for me, I kind of have a short attention span with a lot of these things. Yeah. So I'll like listen and I'll skip or whatever. But I, I and I think it's a nice length. I think the songs all work really well together. Again, production's great. So, um, really, Thank hats you. off to you guys. Thank you. So, um, you know, I wanted to ask you about playing live and. You know, I, I, I get the sense that you haven't done much of it, um, if any, but I would like to know, um, you know, kind of what your feelings are in terms of performing live uh, or the idea of performing a live versus the studio work or the work in, at your home studio. Okay, so we're actually, we're working on a live act right now. Ooh, um, nice. So yeah, we have some of our friends helping us. Um, just to give them a little shout out, our friends Ryan, Kyle, and Delaney Craig are they're helping us play live. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely different. Um, I don't think either of us have really played or performed like this in in the live setting, but it's a little bit harder to achieve the sound that you want just yep. because you know you can't pump everything full of reverb and stuff but layer so many yeah. tracks yeah, yeah. La also layering is like a big thing obviously when we record we you know there'll be like 10 guitar tracks yeah or 10 vocal tracks or several drum tracks but i mean it's a little bit harder when you're just it's just one instrument and one amp you know mm -hmm. yeah you know go back if you guys get some time listen to that that dusty rescue interview from rocket ship and mm -hmm. that was where I, I think where i started asking this question because i found that like you know rocket ship was a band that was kind of on my bucket list i always wanted to see them live and mm -hmm. when i asked him i was like how do you feel about and he's like i freaking hate it <laughs> and, and i'm like so I, i'm like so you're i take it you're never coming to detroit then and he's like no and i saw so of course i asked why but you know exactly what you hit on so you know in the studio you can spend as you know countless hours and you have tracks to work with and everything else and i think and once you go live now it's like did i bring enough picks and you know is <laughs> i can't hear my vocal and it's just all these like variables yes. you know and in the studio you have 100 percent control of the variables mm -hmm. but I think, frankly, when when done, because you guys have seen a ton of live music and, and probably, at least for me, I mean, my favorite shows have been those where, you know, there's a there's a framework for maybe the songs that you really like, but yet they're done in a different way. And I know for the artists, it's like the only way they can probably do it. Kind of to your point is that mm -hmm. there's just no way to recreate some of that stuff. But I think i don't know i just there's a there's a really cool beauty to it i guess is to say wow that's you know april's past but it, it it's got a like a leading organ or i mean who knows but yeah. Yeah. i i just i think that's what really kind of i guess attracts me to the live setting i i never really loved performing live and I don't know. I won't speak for my own rose, but I have a feeling I know how they feel too. <laughs> um, and, and so like, I, I, like the last show I ever played with them, I, it was, I was playing bass and we were at the shelter and I think there was like one person watching, um, which was somebody really cool by the way, but still um, I couldn't hear my, my bass. And I remember Mario kind of looking at me like, are, are you even like, do you even know what we're doing here? But it's because I, because I couldn't hear it. And, and so, you know, you go through some of that, but I think as you get older and as you do it more, you just kind of say, forget it. Who cares? Let's just go out there and let's, let's do what we do. And 
you know, the people listen will appreciate it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It, it has been really fun to see the songs come to life, though, and cool. just to have our friends' interpretations of it and just jamming with them. It, it's been really enjoyable, and I think we're both excited um, to start playing. A little nervous, but yeah, excited. Yeah, a, a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 Well, make sure you, you let me know when and where because I will be there. Yeah, we definitely will. Yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky, though, because our friends are just very talented musicians so we didn't really have to teach them how to play the songs they just kind of learned them by ear so and they added their they added their their flavor to them i'm sure they did yeah yeah Yeah. have you ever i mean i guess this is kind of a little bit of an unplanned question on my end here but have you have you thought about uh in terms of future recordings including more people yeah i think i think that's uh the plan for yeah the next release that we do yeah i think it's it's nice to have people featured on on certain songs and we did do that for for april's pass as well so um, which was really fun so yeah for sure yeah definitely um so i just got i just saw on zoom here for some reason i only have 10 more minutes left but i think we're still okay okay um so if if there's one thing that you would have done maybe differently on uh, the recording of the CP, what what would it be looking back? Hmm. Well, I don't know if I would really change anything because I I mean I see uh, recording this EP and our first EP is kind of like a learning process, yeah. I guess. So I mean I can't really take anything back because it's kind of like an education for me. I mean I was mm-hmm. I was reading a lot about recording during this time and kind of just studying. Um, so I think if I would change anything, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I would just spend more time on it, honestly, but I mean, I'm kind of a perfectionist, so it's not really healthy for me to, to just dwell on that. Keep working on it. I mean, I could, I could really work on the same song for like a year and still not be happy. Yeah. What about you? Um, is there anything that you were you were like either cringy or like something that would have changed um honestly no i i think i had kind of after i think the problem that we sometimes have is when we're like mixing the songs you have to listen to it so many times Mm -hmm. it kind of like loses its like power and you just sort of like get (laughs) sick of it so i think for for a few of the tracks that that sort of happened but since time has passed i definitely don't feel that way anymore um and now that we've been playing the songs live it's definitely like more fun um yeah so that means i mean that means you did it right you know what i mean like because <laughs> you could easily be like i hate this and i hate that and i would have done this And the fact that you guys are like no you know what? we're cool with what we did <laughs> that's really good <laughs> that's i mean i think i think there's a maturity here and that, that seems like that's been kind of the theme here um is from the you know recording production mixing mastering artwork there's just there's this maturity in in this work and i i just you guys did a really good job with it oh thank you thank you yeah thank you. so yeah i guess i wanted to ask you a little bit about before we hear our final track a little bit about um any new projects any new recordings obviously you don't have to give us all the details but can we expect more from you guys anytime soon um yeah so yeah we're working on our our next release we're not we're not entirely sure what it's going to be yet but um yeah we're i think we're going to do a full length release yeah that's the goal an lp yeah yeah 
Nice. Yeah, so we we have been recording and writing new songs, and we've had our band play a few of the new songs with us too, which has been cool. Mm-hmm. It, I guess a follow up on that. I mean, you guys have done basically EPs and like field recordings and more of the short form stuff. I mean, do you find that kind of approaching the thought of an album as daunting or exciting? I mean, what's what's kind of your feelings on that? It's a little daunting to me just yeah. because I know I know how much time we, we've spent on both EPs and right. those are only what, four or five songs each. Yeah. And like to think about recording mm-hmm. 10 songs is like, <laughs> at least just from, uh, you know, a mixing perspective and, mm-hmm. and waiting for the mastering and just working on every little part of each track. It's like, it seems like a lot of work, but I think it would be worth it. Definitely. Know? Yeah. At the end of the day, I think it'd be worth it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Sorry, Giovanna, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, I, I would, I would love to hear a full length from you guys. Like, <laughs> that would really, that would be really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I guess you know, I guess kind of in closing here, um, you know, we're 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 kind of running up the end of our time here, and um, I wanted to thank you guys for obviously joining me. Um, I, I, I apologize for some of the technical problems we've had here and some of the problems with connecting. I think, I guess my, my take on it as somebody who is kind of new to your music and everything that you guys just do a really nice job, um, in, in a genre that I think can, um, people without skill can sound good. And, um, I don't (laughs) think that's the case here. I mean, I think it's a really nice combination of good musicianship you know lyrically is really strong your vocal delivery is awesome and then i think the last part of it is just the use of the studio as an instrument and um, it comes across to me at least and so i really i really enjoy it and i'm glad you spent the time with me today well thanks for having us brian yeah it's awesome so we're going to go ahead and kind of close this off with uh, another track from the april's past ep by clinic stars Um, Again, Christian and Giovanna, thank you so much for joining me. And we're going to listen to Near You Again. And again, guys, thanks again. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks.
So thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Vinyl Detroit podcast. Uh, the podcast is doing just so, so well. Uh, there's just tons of listeners, tons of followers, and I do feel very fortunate. It just goes to show that there are a lot of us out there that really enjoy this music, uh, obsess over it to some degree, but really, really enjoy uh, what the artists are doing. I want to again thank Christian and Giovanna for joining me on this episode. Uh, they were so thoughtful and very, very... Um, I guess, committed to the craft. I mean, there's a lot that went into the artwork, that went into the music production, uh, all of those things. And a lot of that just comes from those influences that they had growing up that really made its way into what they're doing today. So again, thank you to Giovanna and Christian. There's no doubt. Uh, As always, you can find this episode and previous episodes of the Vinyl Detroit podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, You can also find this episode and the happenings with it on all your favorite social media platforms. I try to keep those up as much as possible. And uh, again, I wanted to uh, thank Christian and Giovanna for joining me today. So we're going to kind of close out this episode with another track from the April's Past EP. Uh, Another track that I really, really liked. Um, I really, really like actually. And um, we're going to go ahead and give one more song a listen. And this is Nothing Lasts by Clinic Stars. And again, thank you to Giovanna and Christian for joining me. Mm-hmm. 